Hey, everybody. This is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. And I have David with Nurse Pop-Up back on the podcast. Hey, Tina. Hey, David. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Well, it's really good to have you back on the show. I always enjoy our episodes that we do together. We have a very interesting Bad Nurse uh, story to talk about in a little bit. And we have a really nice Good Nurse story, of course, to close the show. I guess we can get started with our bad nurse story. It's a little interesting. I mean, this one's definitely a different kind of story from one that I've seen before. I don't know that I've done anything like this before, really, um, on good nurse, bad nurse. This, it's very different. I don't so know. So we've entered new ter- territory here. I think it is definitely new territory. Are you afraid? I, because I don't, well, I I know the story, so I'm not afraid at all because I know exactly <laughs> what to expect. <laughs> I didn't but, read the notes at all, so I'm going to be winging it. Oh, no. David, you didn't do your homework. What Uh, the heck? Sorry, Tina. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the story of Naomi Derrick. I find this interesting because I love respiratory therapists. I feel like they are probably the most unsung heroes ever. Definitely people that sort of fly under the radar. And I don't think anyone appreciates really just how educated they are, how skilled they are, how absolutely essential they are, how life-saving they are. It's just they're, the, the job itself goes um, unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And it is so incredibly important. I rely on them so much at the hospital. I've learned so much from them. And the way that I know how good they are is because I will have a question you know, about a ventilator or, or about anything to do with the respiratory system. And they will answer me and I will stand there thinking, I have no idea what this person is saying right now. I maybe understood just a little bit. And I'll just be like, I just wanted to know what that number was over there on the screen. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're so great. Yeah, well, they go to every every unit in the hospital. So I think they have a wide breadth mm-hmm. of experience. They deal with every discipline. So yeah, I think they, they're amazing. And they, they go to all the codes as well. right. Um, getting all the airways and keeping those airways open. Well, Naomi Derrick was a licensed ther- ther- uh, respiratory therapist. And it's interesting because I've been wanting to have a respiratory therapist on for a long time, have not been able to find not even one to come on the show. And so it's sort of unfortunate that I would have a story about a respiratory therapist, but she actually decided to go back to school and become a nurse. So she's actually a registered nurse and she was a registered nurse when all of this happened. So it's mm-hmm. not really technically about a respiratory therapist, but around the time that this all happened, she posted a link on Twitter discussing an article about nurses being injured at work. So it might be that this sort of uh, maybe was a little foreshadowing, might indicated a pattern of maybe violence toward her, maybe that she had experienced or fear of violence that she experienced because she worked at a pediatric psychiatric facility and I, I know I've just from doing clinicals, that's all I, I have ever done, but I, I did do clinicals at a psychiatric facility. There was a pediatric uh, wing of that, of that facility. And whether it's pediatric or, or adults, I think that the, the whole entire experience was, was kind of scary. I mean, it, it just was, it's very unpredictable. And I think that you have to have a, um, you really have to have, um, the intuition, the skill, the knowledge, the understanding, everything to deal with this patient population. And yes. So, I mean, know. 
I feel that, you know, I work with kids every day and I feel, you know, since I have kids, I, I do have an insight into how to interact with them. And I've been a nurse for quite a while now, but I'm not trained as a mental health provider. And I often enter many situations where, you know, there are kids with serious breakdowns and I, I honestly don't know how to be sometimes. It is an extremely challenging job. Yes, and I've said before on this podcast that we all are psych nurses because we yes. we have to deal with people um, with all sorts of situations. People come into the hospital with lots of different ailments that have psych issues. And even if someone isn't, quote, diagnosed with a specific psychiatric issue, just the fact of being in the hospital is going to cause some, uh, some issues. We ha- right. We all have to, anxiety, all of those things. Yeah. Disassociation, because you're like mm-hmm. nights and days are completely messed up. Yes, delirium, lots of things that can happen. We all have to uh, remember to kind of keep our psychiatric nurse skills sharpened as much as we can and remember that it's important to use those when we're dealing with the patient population that we are dealing with. But at the same time, having said that, I do the best I can, but I, I definitely don't think I have what these nurses have who deal with this on a regular everyday basis. And I think they're amazing. So Naomi Derek was working at a psychiatric facility for you know, a pediatric psychiatric facility. She had been a nurse for over eight years. Mm-hmm. That's the same year I graduated, actually. Is that right? Mm-hmm. 2008, it was a good year for nursing. Wow, <laughs> it really was. So... <laughs> She, there were some accusations made against her. And so investigators started looking into the situation and Naomi's version of events were a little different as usually happens, right? So um, Naomi says that on May 15th, 2016, there was a 10-year-old autistic child who was not listening to her requests. When I first read this story, that was the, that sort of jumped out at me because I was just like, this this child is autistic. You are a pediatric psychiatric nurse. So right off the bat, I'm not a psychiatric nurse. I'm not a peds nurse, but I'm a mother and I am a nurse. And I automatically know that I don't know that I would expect an autistic, 10-year-old autistic child to listen to my requests. Tina, I don't know if I expect any child to listen to my yeah. requests. That's right. why I was definitely keyed in immediately to the fact that Naomi is not a parent because mm-hmm. one, she expected a kid to listen to her, which my kids never listen to me. I swear mm-hmm. I just like walk behind them with a vacuum cleaner. That's all I do. Um, mm-hmm. But her reaction to it clearly shows that she is not, she might be used to hanging out with kids, but she is not a parent. Yeah, and I don't think that yeah, it's yeah. When you find out what happened later on, I'm. It's very. I'll, I'll just say it's very disturbing. Once you kind of get into the story and you see the details of what happened, um, very disturbing. It's really hard to imagine a professional um, nurse who is trained and had eight years of experience acting this way um, and, and treating with disturbed kids. Like she mm-hmm. should know. The How fact that act. he is, he's only 10 years old, that in and of itself, you're dealing with a 10-year-old child. The fact that he is autistic, that in and of itself, you are dealing with a very special patient population right there. And the fact that he is in a psychiatric facility. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I mean, just all of those things combined tells you if you don't have the patience and the skill 
to be able to manage the situation, you don't need to have that job. Yeah. You just don't. Well, it sounds like maybe she was kind of coming to ahead with something. She was having some kind of distress over what was going on at her job. You know, we'll mm-hmm. never know if there was some kind of violence towards her or her co- right. coworkers. Nevertheless, she acted completely inappropriately, as we'll discuss. Well, she decided to deal with this situation by threatening him. Mm-mm. She threatened him. Uh, she threatened to restrain him, which we are never supposed to do with our patients. It is definitely against ethics, if nothing else. It's, it's defi- definitely against um, our uh, code of ethics, uh, just from as, as a nurse. And But she not only that, though, she threatened him with poking him with needles. Mm-hmm. Not work. <laughs> I mean, it just... It's just wrong. It's just flat out wrong. I, I can't even imagine this. I can't imagine being a nurse and, and acting in this manner. But she said that there was another nurse who actually told her that she should do this because it's apparently work. It's the only thing that will work with this child is what this, <laughs> she says that this other nurse told her. Which is not much of an excuse. I mean, if you can't mm-hmm. have the judgment to, mm-hmm. you know, follow your own intuition, then you probably should not be in that job. No, you definitely shouldn't be. She'd been a nurse for eight years. She, She's a, an adult human being. She should have known that this is not appropriate by any stretch of the imagination to act this way, um, to treat this child like this. So they did an investigation and they found out that it, she did not just threaten the 10-year-old. I mean, that, that in and of itself is bad enough. We could talk about that alone. We could have stopped there, but... That is not all that she did. She, in fact, followed through with her threats. She went into his room several times over her, the uh, several hours of her shift and actually did stab him with a needle at least six times. She stabbed him in the hands. She stabbed him in the feet. She stabbed him in the kneecaps, other places. She even drove blood sometimes. Um, one article said that she stepped on his bare feet with her shoe and that she kept shoving a chair that he was holding onto. So just intimidating him. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine what response, I mean, any reasonable adult person would have to know that that behavior is not going to get that child to do what you want him to do. It's only going to make things worse. Yeah, it's, quite the opposite. It's like she was just purposefully agitating him because she enjoyed doing this. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I can imagine. I mean, I do occasionally threaten my kids because I get so frustrated by what's happening, but it's always like a lost cause. Like, it doesn't work because, you know, at least as a parent, you always have to backtrack on your threats because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell my kids they can't watch TV in the afternoon when they get home from school, but that means... I'm not going to have any alone time. <laughs> so. You don't have the one-eyed babysitter to keep them busy while you're doing your other stuff. Who's the one-eyed babysitter and how much do they cost? That's the television, David. Ah, I see. I thought it was like some <laughs> old lady who just had one eye. <laughs> My name's Gladys. I have one eye. I'm here to watch your kids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, three years later, after this happened... In 2019, her case was finally tried before the State Board of Nursing. Um, I mean, she did get fired the next day after this incident was reported. There was video of it, right? 
Yes, it was on video, but she she was fired the next day and for gross misconduct. And they were pending, of course, an investigation. It took about three months before her license was temporarily suspended. And then they, the State Board of Nursing did ha- uh, hold a trial in 2019. So during the trial, she denied ever touching him with a needle. She admitted that she threatened him. And she claimed that it calmed him down. And she claimed he had pulled her hair, that he had thrown things at her. She also uh, tried to claim that, like, as I said earlier, another nurse uh, told her to threaten him like that, that, you know, saying that that is the only thing that would work. She said that there wasn't any evidence noted the following day and that they couldn't find any injury, a proof of injury on that, that was actually seen on the security cameras. So... That was what she said in this investigation. She she asked that her license be suspended rather than revoked based on the lack of evidence and lack of previous complaints on her eight-year career. So she had never been in trouble for anything before this one incident. She'd never been so, caught. Thank you. You're welcome, yeah. Tina. So the State Board of Nursing revoked her license officially on June the 4th, 2019. And then the board was supposed to be looking into revoking her license as a respiratory therapist, but as of early 2021, it is still active. COVID has slowed things down, it looks like. Yeah, I would say that that, that slowed a lot of things down. So that could have something to do with it. Criminal charges were also charged in 2017 with aggravated assault, terroristic threats, child endangerment, and possession of a weapon for an unlawful purpose. But in 2019, she was offered the option to enter in into an intervention program rather than facing trial. So to this date, she appears to be on track with that program. She No further action has been taken against her for this incident. She was ordered to pay 10% of costs, uh, over $2,100, and that was actually reduced from the original amount that she'd been asked to pay, which she had been asked to pay 100%. So So she's been shown some leniency, it seems like. And maybe it is because she hadn't been in trouble before. So I do believe in giving people a second chance. I do believe that, and I believe in rehabilitation. I believe people can learn better, that that, um, people can make mistakes and people can have you know, may, I don't know, because of their surroundings, their upbringing, whatever, they can, their mind can just be so confused about what is appropriate and what's not and, you know, the right way to handle something. So I do believe that being a nurse and being responsible for people's lives is a very, um, it's a very big responsibility. And I I definitely don't think that it can be just given to anyone. And unfortunately, I if it were me, I would not, I do not think that she would should should be allowed to have her license back because the mistake that she made was just way too. I mean, egregious. It, egregious is a good word. I, I just I don't mean to, I don't want to say she can't come back from it, like that she can't be rehabilitated. But should she be allowed to be a nurse? You know, maybe maybe try to find something else to do. You know. Well, and you know that points to a greater. Um, reality should be should she be allowed to take care of anybody because um, I am reading your notes now and it does appear that she runs a elder senior care service <laughs> perhaps the one demographic that is more um, vulnerable than kids is our our elders <laughs> so now she's taking care of old people 
Don't spit out your wine, Tina. <laughs> it, pe- it appears now as though she is running a senior errand service. So she, uh, I guess, is sort of doing almost like a DoorDash kind of thing, maybe. Like mm-hmm. she's kind of running to the pharmacy for, for them or going to the grocery store, that sort of thing. She removed a social media post that may have indicated that she was still working in home care until the, uh, late 2018. She has a Twitter account where she calls herself an entrepreneur. And so... She's doing quite well for herself. She's, well, I mean, I think that she's Maybe. probably doing the best she can. I think, I feel like at some at this point, you know, once something like this has happened, you probably need to completely step out of healthcare in general. You know, yes. just like try to go, you know, go into accounting or... <laughs> open a coffee know, shop, you know. Open a coffee, yeah, open a coffee, that's perfect. Open a coffee shop. You know, do you live in California? Open an edibles shop. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just go totally get just get out Different of Different direction. Yeah. It's not impossible. Just reinvent yourself and do something totally different. So New Jersey is also looking at revoking her respiratory therapist license, but there has not been an update as of February 2020. It's still active. Also, there appears to be a pending license for nursing in New York, but no further information has been provided by the state. Do you think if she gets her RT license revoked that she'll have to remove her lung tattoo? Yes, I think that is. That would be the most unfortunate part of this entire story. The question is who pays for it? I don't know. Mm. It's a costly service. Mm-hmm. Painful. So, Right. Mm. By the way, in all seriousness, you guys know I, we joke around about stuff. I, I, I swear I get emails from people who just don't get my sense of humor. I probably should do a little disclaimer at the beginning and just say something to the effect of, in this podcast, we are probably going to make reference to some dark humor. We laugh about things. I have, I probably need to just record <laughs> a, you know, just a general statement like that and play it at the beginning and just have the editors put that in at the very beginning. And that way, if you're not that kind of person, if that's not for you, please just keep going. Don't listen to it and then go on iTunes and give me a one-star rating because I was laughing about something when clearly I've said a thousand I mean, times. Tina, and we've talked about this before, I think um, it's good to laugh about things, even things yeah. that are very serious. It's helpful to laugh about them. It's helpful to, to make jokes about it because I, I think there's lots of insight in how we approach things that are serious by how we laugh mm-hmm. at them. It doesn't make you're making. It doesn't mean you're making light of it. It means that you're trying to put it into a new light. Well, I I appreciate people. I understand they're sensitive, and I try to do trigger warnings when I can. I probably do need to make some sort of a blanket statement like that and put it at the beginning. And that way, if if you're sensitive like that and you, and you you don't appreciate, you know, people laughing in in, in a serious setting, I, that's how I cope. I think a lot of people are like that. And I think that's why a lot of people probably like our podcast because we don't necessarily, I try to keep it a little bit light. I mean, there, there's some topics that are, if I wanted to, I could make myself cry over this story. It is horrible. And I could just sit and wallow in the, the grief and despair that goes along with a 10-year-old autistic child being treated this way. I can't stand it. And I literally could just, get myself into a deep, dark depression. Uh, trust me, that's, I, my, emotion, my emotions run very deep. They do. I can tell uh, that about you. Yes. So uh, I, 
I also have to learn how to not do that, how to not, you know, be depressed about everything, but but be passionate about things and want to make a difference in people's lives and want to connect with people. So yeah, that's, that's how we connect. And nurses specifically, I don't know how it is on your unit, but mm-hmm. I mean, I work with kids who have cancer, but I have to yeah. say it is probably the most lighthearted place that I usually spend time with. Nurses are 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 always laughing, always trying to, you know, make light of things because that's how we deal with horrible things. And that's how we put things in, into perspective by laughing about it. Well, I have to it. say, if I was in that situation, whether I whether if I was a child at that, at that time or as a parent, I would appreciate the nurses and staff around me being lighthearted and not being so dark and depressing all the time. I mean, the reality of the the what you're living through is dark and depressing enough without having everyone around you being somber and melancholy. It's, oh, no. You know? So Yeah, you don't want to be a Debbie Downer. You want to be a... Right. Somebody who lifts up people, for sure. And I think it takes a, a special talent to do that and a special uh, you know, type of person and that you and the people that you work with are those people there. You're there for a reason. And not everyone can do that. Not everyone can be in that setting and still you know, be able to offer light to this dark situation. So I appreciate you guys for doing what you do. So I guess I, I you, as you guys can probably tell, I got a little bit of a, you know, I, I get negative uh, feedback sometimes from people and I usually let it roll off my back. But then, you know, and sometimes it, I read it, read so much of it. I'm just like, gosh, do people not understand like it's okay to joke around sometimes? Like, you know, I, I, mean, don't, I, I would never be disrespectful. Never. I would never be disrespectful to someone, but. You and I have talked about this. There's lots of haters out there. And you yeah. have to, um, in all areas of your life, you have to put it into perspective. Yeah. And people are not, not everybody's going to like what you do. Yeah, that's true. It took me a long time to learn that, actually. Well, I'm going to keep doing things the way I do it because I, this is you all I know how to now. do. I don't want to be phony. I don't want to be fake. I, I just, I just want to be who I am. And I, I want the people who like that to listen. And if you don't, if it's not for you, that's okay too. I'm totally, you You be you. Don't listen to this. There are a million podcasts out there. Go listen to something else. You don't have to listen to this. It's, you know, I'm okay with that. You there also don't have to go on iTunes and put a one star rating. <laughs> no. And Tina, I'm going to go on iTunes right now and yeah. leave a five star rating <gasps> for, the, oh. for this episode. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks, David. No I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate you. Well, it actually, just to kind of get back to our little case here, it did take a long time for the case to be seen through to, the, you know, to its conclusion, as a lot of times these things do. Our criminal justice system is being, you know, as efficient as it is. So there, you know, are still ongoing elements um, in this case. So it raises several problems, you know, for the victim. There's going to be long-lasting repercussions for this person, for this child. And... um I don't know that anybody even understands, really, because those years from zero to 18, those are definitely the formative years, and there are long-lasting effects that happen from those years that you are dealing with, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road. So what happened to him is not just— Yes, the traumas from my childhood last all our mm -hmm. lives. 
exactly. The, the experience that that child had, it's, uh, that is now woven into the fabric of his being and it's caused his, you know, it's caused him to react differently to people. He's going to have trust issues. It will affect so many different aspects of aspects of his life uh, growing up. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. It's a real cycle really of abuse. Is. I mean, kids yes. who are abused grew up to be abusers or they grew up to be, to be partners with abusers. There's lots of bad ways that this can go with a kid who isn't treated right, especially when they are in under the care of, you know, somebody who they do feel like they can trust, which is actually usually the case when somebody is abused. It's by a parent or Mm -hmm. um, somebody else who is supposed to take care of them. Like this nurse was supposed to take care of this boy. Yes. And there's, here's the thing. I, it seems as though this nurse maybe was not doing this in complete isolation because it seems like maybe there were other people that sort of knew that this was going on. And that is so disturbing because why on earth other people would be witnessing this and not do something to stop it, not allow it to go on? I just don't know. We That's one thing that I always try to, to um, say because if any, if we can learn anything from these dark stories, it's that we have a voice and we have the power to stand up for people who are weaker. That is the whole point of being a nurse, is that you're there to 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 advocate for people who can't advocate advocate for themselves. You are supposed to be speaking up for them. So mm-hmm. if you're not able to do that, you really need to step aside. You just need to step aside and let someone else come along that can that is strong enough. We all have to, you know, grow a backbone and be willing to step up and not just like be standing there thinking, wow, I don't think that's really right. And then maybe like sometime the next day, go back and say something. Is it, I'm glad someone eventually said something, but why in the world was that person allowed to go her entire shift treating this boy this way? Yeah, I'm- I'm sure somebody else saw that. That's mm-hmm. hard to believe that this was done in isolation. And yeah. you're right. I mean, as nurses, we are the final guard wall you know, between what happens to our patients and yeah. everything that's coming at them. And I know you've probably had this experience as a nurse, um, have had some other caregiver interact with your patient, and you've seen that what they're going to do is not a good idea. And you've mm-hmm. you've stepped in to make that not happen. So... Not only did this nurse hurt this person, she abdicated her sole role, which is to protect this person. Yeah. Well, if you guys um, see something, be sure and speak up and say something. If you're not, if you if you're in the if you're on the opposite side of this, and and you're not the healthcare professional, you actually are the patient. Um, if you have been mistreated by someone who is a licensed licensed healthcare professional, you can file a complaint with the State Division of Consumer Affairs in your state. Um, I'm sure it's not hard to find out who the appropriate um, authorities are. Don't hesitate to do that. You need to advocate for yourself because by advocating for yourself, you are advocating for people in the future who would be victims of these people. So you have a responsibility to do that. Absolutely. Well, I guess we can talk about our goodness story. I'm always so thankful to get to this this point because usually by this time it's I'm just like so it's everything is so dark and I'm just like ready to talk about something good (laughs) yeah this next story is pretty nice I did read it I like it I really like it so one of my favorite people in the entire world is my preceptor from when I was um, first starting on the progressive care unit where I work and 
She's from Ethiopia, and she actually immigrated to the United States and then went to nursing school here, and her whole family is in Ethiopia, and I always call her the Ethiopian princess. She's just, she's beautiful in so many ways, like every way, and she's literally a perfect nurse. Everything about her is just, I know I put her up on a pedestal, but I, I've never seen her do anything wrong. I think ever. we we often do that to the people who train us, right? Because yeah, I those people do are that. kind of influence the nurses that we are. You know, you can see if you see a nurse who maybe is not the best nurse. I guarantee you can take ten steps back to see who trained them, and mm-hmm. they picked up all their bad habits from the person mm-hmm. who trained them. So you're yeah. super lucky to have had that experience. I as well was trained by two amazing women who are both about 10 years my senior. And it's really important who kind of introduces you to the art of nursing. I, I agree with that. And um, I feel very fortunate to have had her as my preceptor. And so when I came across this story about a nurse who is from Ethiopia, who immigrated to the United States, I just immediately wanted to do it because I wanted to kind of honor Azeb, my, my preceptor, by doing this story. So this is the story of Wagahiu Katima. And I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but that's the very best I could possibly do. She grew up in Ethiopia, and she knew she always wanted to help people in her community. Where she grew up, they didn't have running water, so she would have to go to the river and carry water on her head. And she would watch nurses going through the neighborhood um, and driving through the town. And it made her realize that she wanted to be a nurse to help people. I think that's really cool. Like, Have you ever seen the the show... Call of the Midwife? Um, I have not. Is it good? I think it's called Call of the Midwife. Is it like a Dr. Quinn medicine woman? Kind of like that? It's sort of like that. It's set back in the 40s and beyond. And it is about midwives in Europe, in, Mm. I believe it was London, specifically. Uh, And they were on their bicycles and they, they um, they all lived at like this convent sort of place. And They would go out and serve the community that they lived in there. And just the show is probably one of the best shows I've ever seen, television or movies or anything that depicted nursing in an accurate way. And because they they literally just do amazing (laughs) things. I love it. I mean, is there any show or movie that besides this one that portrays nurses in an honest light? Well, I, I have one. to say there prob- probably aren't a whole lot, but there are a few. Um, one of them in particular, I would say Nurse Jackie is a really good one. I, I love her. A lot, a lot of people do get a little offended. The fact that, you know, there's a, a little bit Edie of a drug Falcon, problem. Right? Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, not all nurses are. Yeah, I get it. You know, not all nurses are drug addicts, of course, but this particular nurse that this particular show is about, they have to have some kind of drama in it, right? Um, yeah. She's so also a badass too. I mean, she's she, a great nurse. She's a great nurse and it literally shows what she does as a nurse. And so I love that, appreciate that so much about that show. Yeah, she's the um, mom from the show Sopranos. Ah, I never saw that show, but I never watched that. But I think she's a Very great show. actress. And I think that the 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 show itself is... It's just very well done, very realistic. And the call, call the midwife is similar um, in that aspect in that it's very true to nursing and true to what actual midwives did at that time 
um, and the responsibility that's put on the shoulders of of nurses. Obviously, they do a lot of delivering babies, but they also do just a lot of home health mm-hmm. because they go into people's homes there and do not just labor and delivery; they do other things. So, um, excellent show. That's what this reminded me of because she said she saw them riding through the town, and it made her want to to help people. She said, "Helping others is my calling." She said, "It could be in Wellspan, which is the the organization that she works in now. It could be in the grocery store. It could be out in the mission field in Ethiopia. Taking care of people helps me to know myself better. I live each day to serve others, which I think that's wonderful." Yeah, it's amazing. She was able to go to England for two years to learn English, which was really fortunate for her. Then she went to India to go to nursing school. She and her husband fled to the United States in 1989 as refugees. So once she got to um, the United States, she was not able to practice as a nurse. And that happens a lot of times even to doctors. You know, doctors from other countries will come to the United States and they can't work as a medical doctor because their license is not considered valid here. So that actually happened to her and she was not able to work as a nurse. So she had to start out as a certified nursing assistant. For six years, she did that. And then she was able to go to school to become a licensed practical nurse. And she did that for 15 years. Wow. Uh, She eventually became a registered nurse, of course. And now she's an RN at Wellspan Surgery and Rehabilitation Hospital in, in York, Pennsylvania. And she's finally able to give back to her people just like she dreamed about when she was younger. So in 2018, she started a free clinic for poor and homeless people in Ethiopia. That's so, amazing. I know. I This is the most heartwarming. I love being able to talk about this. That's why I love the Goodner story so much because it just, it, I feel like it just sort of brings everything back around to goodness and light. Her nonprofit organization is called Siloam Ethiopia. They have five pilot clinics in five schools, they visit about 200 elderly people regularly in a shelter. They dig wells for drinking water and raise five orphaned girls. And currently, they're also bringing awareness to COVID-19. Wow, she's um, like Mother Teresa. I, it really sounds like it, like a modern-day Mother Teresa. She, um, I don't know. She said, I was born in Ethiopia. Uh, if you dream sooner or later, your dream will become a reality. Do not let circumstances discourage you. You can be who you want to be. And uh, for more information, you can, more info on Siloam Ethiopia by going to siloamethio.org. It's S-I-L-O-A-M-E-T-H-I-O.org. Nice. And Tina, I don't want to be a downer, but I have a feeling that this nurse would appreciate that we pointed out what's going on in Ethiopia right now. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about the Tigray War that's happening right now? What's going on? So basically, the Ethiopian government um, has basically declared unofficial war on this region of northern Ethiopia called Tigray because they held, you know, regional parliamentary elections. And thousands of people have been killed. Over two million people have been displaced from their homes. Oh. Um, so it's, it's been going on for about four months now. It started in the end of November. And the reason I know about this is because my wife, who is a asylum lawyer, has many clients who are from Ethiopia and Eritrea, which is the country north of Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something that people should really pay attention to right now, that part of the world where just 
incredible human rights uh, abuses are occurring right now every day. Wow. But it's good to know that this person is making it a better place. I wasn't aware of that, David. I'm glad that I did the story now just so that you would have, you know, the opportunity to kind of tell us about that because I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. That's, that's really sad and unfortunate that that's going on right now. Yeah. And some horrible things are happening in Eritrea, the country that's north of Ethiopia, which actually Ethiopia and Eritrea used to be the same country. It actually, they actually split in the nineties and then right near there as well, Yemen, millions of people are starving. (laughs) Um, It's a, it's a hard world which continues to point out that we need people like Wigahu to make it a better place. You can't make all that stuff go away, but you can you know, be a shining point of light and help a small part of it. I love that you brought this up because it just sort of helps. I think it helps us. It helps me to know that things like this are going on in the world and it helps me put things in perspective and sort oh, of yeah. appreciate, you know, appreciate what I have and not take for granted the freedom that I have and the the security and safety that I live with every day. Um, sometimes it's easy in our situation to focus on negative things that when you really put into perspective and you put it up against some of the things other people are having to deal with right now at this very moment in the world, it's it's really not not that big of an issue. Yeah, like when your latte at Starbucks was cold yeah. and you're just so upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's really but not that bad. It's not that bad. Just, Just drink put, it. Put some ice in it. Make it an ice latte. That's that's how you fix that. It's yeah. so easy. Don't be mean to the person. Don't be mean to anyone. Unless they got it's, your name wrong on the cup. Still don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that latte into an ice latte. Turn that latte into an ice latte. That's going to be our new... It's <laughs> our new T-shirt. We've got what we got. Quack like a chicken. Quack like a chicken. <laughs> turn that ice. Turn that latte into an ice latte. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to get some kind of licensure from Starbucks though to, to make that happen. I don't know. They don't have latte lockdown, right? They, do they? I don't think so. Maybe they could they be a sponsor on word. your show. They don't own that word. They can no, sponsor they the show if they want to. I I literally drink them. Drink Starbucks every day that I work. I love Starbucks. I know I, you, Tina. <laughs> I know this about you. (laughs) I love it. Well, you guys, David, first of all, thank you so much and remind everyone where they can find your lovely podcast. Oh, Tina, thank you. Um, You know, I don't come on this show to promote what I'm doing. I honestly come here because I have such a good time talking to you. And your listeners don't know this, but we talked for about an hour and a half before we actually started recording. Had some really good material there. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) my podcast is called Nurse Papa. And it is a podcast in which I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood from the the perspective of a father and pediatric oncology nurse, and hopefully come out on the other side with some kind of understanding of of what makes kids and their parents tick. Um, And I would love if your listeners took took a listen to it. You can find it on Apple iTunes, on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and pretty much everywhere else you go for a podcast, Nurse Papa. And you guys know you can find us at goodnursebadnurse.com. You can email me if you want to at tina at goodnursebadnurse.com. And we're also on Instagram at goodnursebadnurse and on Twitter and Facebook at GMBN Podcast. And I also want to remind you guys that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy like David, (laughs) be a good nurse. Be a good nurse, people. For God's sake, be a good nurse. (laughs) 